We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the True Faith Weekly Radio Show. Finally, this season, finally, finally, finally this season, we're going to talk about something good about Newcastle. We've sacked McLaren, the terrible, terrible manager that's ruined the entire season, and we've appointed Benitez, Rafa Benitez. (laughs) I'm so happy. (laughs) What a day. What a day for Tune fans. So we've all bought tickets for Leicester. Um, we all got a bit excited this afternoon, and um, yeah, so we're all going down. Uh, that was really rash. It's going to cost quite a lot of money. <laughs> all going down on Monday night. I don't even know if I can get away from work yet, but it's worth we'll, it. We'll cross that bridge when we come <laughs> Going on Monday, you're not going to be at work before then. I'm at work on Monday though. It's too late to get a day off. <laughs> I'm going to have to find a way to leave. <laughs> 
I've, I've sorry, I've got to go. Uh, family emergency in in Leicester. Yeah. So <laughs> at like lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> just a just a delightful day. It's restored my just faith in football and <laughs> hope, hope in life. What what a great day! Uh, this week I'm joined in the studio by Ben and Sai. Hello, hello. And on the phone we've got Dodds and I think we've got Mick as well. We have from True Faith. Can you hear us, lads? Yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 Michael. Hi there. So, Mick, I'll come to you first. What are your thoughts on the day? I'm absolutely buzzing off me tits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't think I could feel like this um, uh, at my age, but <laughs> it, it, it does me a old man very happy. Um, no, seriously, it's Keegan-esque, and you know I'm old enough to to remember when uh, Keegan came as a player and as a manager and it's it's very similar to when he came as a manager uh, the first time you know where we were on the we were on the deck and we needed a shot of adrenaline uh, right through the club and um, you know relationships between the fans and the club were very fractious they're not as bad as not as bad as they are now perhaps but um, still and we've got you know I think we've got a man who we can trust in the dugout who the club were desperate to get um, rather than um, a man who was desperate for the club if you know what I mean mm-hmm. so, um, I, I'm absolutely I'm, I'm absolutely ecstatic it's the best news out at St James's Park for a long long time best news in years isn't it I think for By us people sort of our age mid 20s it's apart from Bobby Robson which kind of came about when we were slightly too young to really realise the significance it's just the most monumental appointment we could have made. He's he's one of the best managers in world football. His record over the last ten years is remarkable, considering he's taken on a job at Newcastle. <laughs> it's all of the previous managers under Ashley. I mean, you can leave Keegan out, obviously, but it's just none of them come even close to Benitez. It's just it's so out of character for us, <laughs> and yeah. it's brilliant, isn't it? I've actually got some of the. I don't, I've, I've never known what it feels like. I've got can, I, can I just say something? Sorry, I'm sorry to butt in. I, I think you lads, the younger. Uh, supporters, those lads who are in their mid twenties, etc. I really feel for you because you have had nothing in the last ten years to hang your hat on at all. There really hasn't been. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. We're just yeah, letting yeah, that sink in there, Mick. We're just letting it sink in. You. Right. So in, in, when I was your age, I'd had Keegan as a player <laughs> and two absolutely brilliant promotion, etc. When you know, it was some of the most enjoyable times of my life. And you lads haven't had that. I mean, I think you had the European season, you know, when you when we managed to get away to a few places. But you know, I really hope for you lads um, that you get a taste of what Newcastle should be about. You know, which is exciting and daft and and all the things that you know that you've probably heard stories about and got sick of hearing them and and you wanted a bit yourself. You know, so yeah, I'm really I'm really pleased for you lot that. That something like this has come along gives us a bit of excitement, you know. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying is we've basically wasted our twenties, but hopefully <laughs> our thirties will be a bit better. <laughs> I was going to say he's been here five minutes and already it's the daftest day I've had it like, yeah, in a long true. time. It's been absolutely class day. Yeah, um, I take a more serious perspective on it. What do we think it says about Ashley? That's it's so out of character from from him. Are you, are you looking at me? I am. Well, it's, it's it's almost exactly the same as 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 the West Ham game, isn't it? Where he just out of the blue, he suddenly appears on telly and does something really rash, which you never expected, and it's it's happened again. He's 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 obviously panicked and thought we're really we're knackered here. I need to do something huge, and he, he's panic. gone and done it again. 
What a panic. To be fair, is it panicking like this, this should have happened a few weeks ago? I'm not, not trying to put a down on it, but like they've been letting this situation sort of the wave ride for far too long. Like this this appointment, if it could have happened, uh, should should have been in a few few weeks ago. I'll I think. stop you there, Ben. That was going to be one of my questions for later on in the show and, and mentioning what a shame it was that we haven't done it sooner. But let's not bring ourselves down today. <laughs> no, we've had, we haven't had any good days at all this year. So Yeah, and by all accounts, he's... he's Kind of kept Lee Charnley out of the picture on this one. He's he's had a, someone else hey, in lads, there. Lads, can I just put in there? Go on then. Depending on how long we've got uh, Michael for, so that, that's something I wanted to find out of, of you, Michael. Um, from what you've heard and what you know, and the fact when you guys have taken the job on a three-year deal, providing everything as well this season, must double. Do you think this is a a change in the way Newcastle United operate as, as a club from top to bottom? What do you think? You know, um, well, I think it will depend on whether or not we stop up in terms of what we find out about what the job is. But it's very interesting. He's been introduced as the manager. He hasn't been introduced as the head coach. He's been introduced as the manager. So, you know, that's a, that's a absolutely very important thing. And the thing is to remember with Rafa Benitez, he isn't desperate for the Newcastle job, right? So we've they've had to work hard to get him to accept that job. He's not an Alan Pardew who's just been sacked in the third division. He's not a Steve McLaren who's just been sacked in the championship and won the pools by getting the Newcastle job. And he is a person that they impress and that they've had to absolutely, you know, give him what he wants because. If they didn't give him what he wants, he would just wait for the next job to come along and he'd get one, wouldn't he? Um, that was something I was going to... Go on, Dodge. Go on, After you. I was just going to say, like, I'm, I'm sat here today reading through the, the stuff he's won and I think there's only Jose Mourinho um, and Alex Ferguson have a better win percentage than him in the Premier League because Arsenal has let himself down the past few years. He's the only manager in the world in the history of football to win these combination of trophies, the Champions League, the Europa League, the UEFA Super Cup, and the FIFA Club World Cup. No other manager in football history has ever won these trophies, one man, and he's managing Newcastle United. And Newcastle United, who are on 19th in the, in the division, uh, as, as Michael correctly says, he could do, realistically, he could do better than us, but he, he clearly must, he, I think he sees something from the time that he was in the Premier League that he recognises that this is something he can. He, he obviously backs himself to put us where he went, wants to be because I don't, I don't think Rafa Benitez at 55 plans to be outside of the Champions League for too long. I don't think he sees himself beneath that level. So the fact that he he's taken this job to me suggests that he, he thinks we're a Champions League team in, in all but name uh, at the moment. Obviously, it might take a couple of years to do that. But uh, I totally agree with everything Michael says that the, the fact that you know, realistically, the relationship is far more balanced in terms of who who wanted him here and, and how much he wanted to be here compared to like the Pardew, Kinnear, all these people like that. It, uh, it, 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 it kind of it kind of gives everybody, fans, players, directors, and the manager a, a fresh perspective on the relationship between the manager and the club. And it's uh, Newcastle United. Sorry, Alex, I'm, I'm jumping in because I'm very excited. But <laughs> this. What we've got, what nobody should ever, ever forget, and that is, Newcastle United is a very, very special football club, and sometimes we forget that because we we see all the things going on close up, but we're a very, very special football. Club. 
potentially very, very powerful. And Rafa Benitez can see that. He, he can see the potential in that football club. He knows that when our wheels start turning in the right direction, we're very, very difficult to stop and we can be a very powerful football club in the land. And we can be... It's, it, it all depends about the money and how much goes in and, and all of that kind of stuff. But we can do very, very well in the Premier League. And all you've got to look is at now is the top of the Premier League. Leicester City are there. Spurs are there. The the old order that used to last for years and years, and you know the procession of Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Southampton, and you know how that was. I don't think that that exists to any great degree anymore. And I would say what Alex has just said about about Benitez and about his record is. The thing is with Benitez, he can look at every single manager in the eye and know he's a better man than every single one of them with a better record. You look at the how long is it since we've been able to see we've got a better manager than Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham. We've got a better man now than all of those clubs and we've got fantastic support. The stadium's there. The place can just take off. Mission, on, the first man. point of our mission is to get stay up and we've got to stay up this season, and everybody's got to get behind Benitez. Everybody's got to get behind the club and make sure that's mission accomplished, and then we'll kick on after that. It really does change everything, doesn't it? Um, I think we'll discuss this more at length later on, Mick, but where does he come in your top, whatever it would be, top five Newcastle appointments of all time? Where Where's Benitez in that? Say that again, sorry, I didn't catch it. Where does, where does Benitez come in, in the list of top appointments we've ever made? So is he ahead of Robson? Is he ahead of Keegan? Is he ahead of Audio? Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely he is. Because when Keegan came, um, actually I, I was a bit worried about Kevin Keegan when he came because he had been such a great player and he was such an icon as a player. I didn't want him to fail. I was a bit frightened by it. He was unproven uh, and had a great time with Kevin. Um, Bobby Robson was fantastic as well. Absolutely great man. But... If you look at that records and you look at their managerial credentials and the calls like today, Benitez is better than the both of them. Now, that's at the starting point of where we are in five years' time and how we look back at it, that can change. I hope in five years' time we're looking at it and thinking, you know, we are the club of Rafa Benitez, he's our man. But, you know, there's no guarantees in football. But what I do know is, is that the bloke has got a lot. He'll command everything, you know, and... Those decisions that players make about who they want to play for, who they want to go, you send him in the room, right? You send Rafa Benitez in the room to speak to a player to persuade him to join the castle. Now, who's he going to sign for? Martinez at Everton, Hughes at Stoke, or Benitez at Newcastle. He's going to sign for... Those players are going to sign for us, all, all, all the other things. A massive advantage for us. Yeah, totally, totally right. I think it makes a big difference to the players that were probably have been looking to leave in the summer as well. There was reports yesterday that Jan Matt's on his way, Perez would be looking to get out when Yaldam Sissoko. All those now, if we stay up, have got to think to themselves, surely there's nowhere better for me than this. Not only that, but they'll, they'll actually start trying to fight for a place in a team which would, should be going in the right direction for a change. Yeah. Sissoko might actually put a bit of effort in. <laughs> Dodds, anything to say on that? I think... Uh... <laughs> I'll play in defence of Mr. Sergo for another day. Let's uh, concentrate <laughs> on positive things at the moment. But uh, <laughs> obviously, we're, we're all broadly in agreement. One of the things which has been kind of satisfying as well on a very uh, petty level for me is the jealousy across the nation. 
practically every other football club, bar the top three or four. It's the media, everyone, you know, your usual, your Paul Merson's, your Tony Cafferinos can't wait for this to fail because, like Michael correctly says, they all know, every fan knows, every pundit knows that if we get going and the Benito, this, if we stop up and he's backed properly and given time, which I'm, I'm no doubt he will be, um, that this could be something that, you know, our club, which for the past, well, you could say eight to 10 to 15 years, it's been, you know, we're constantly finishing below the likes of Stoke. We're going to Stoke away last week and I think it's a good result. All this kind of stuff, you know, going to Swansea and, and hoping to get something out of the game. Those fans and those opponents know those, know those days are over. If, uh, if Benitez stop, well, if Benitez stays up, if we stay up. And I think tellingly, <laughs> tellingly, Sunderland fans, um, you know, some of the comments are absolutely hilarious, all saying we'd never get them. But then saying, well, I know, I'd, I know I'd rather have a managerial squad. Uh, Benitez or Allardyce. Allardyce has never been relegated. Well, neither is Benitez. <laughs> and I know who I know who you, I know who I'd rather have, and I know who would be doing better next season. And obviously, the uh, quite recent um, spat between those two adds an extra layer to the derby next weekend. What's that? The spat between Rafa and uh, Allardyce. What happened? When hate uh, each other, hate each other. It's, I think uh, Allardyce was quite. Um, Quite rude to him a couple of times when when he was uh, was at West Ham. Oh, he came out on a press conference, Ben. He came out on a live press conference and said, "I don't like the bloke." Mm-hmm. He slagged him off in his book. He did, oh, the, the, the footage is now posted on Twitter. He Allardyce released, released his book, which by all accounts, not that I ever read it, is terrible, terrible book. But surely Allardyce can't book. read. He does not like he can read or write. <laughs> Back in August, and uh, Benitez felt felt compelled enough to point his manager at Real Madrid just to say, um, "Yeah, look what's." You know, managers like Saladice who've never won a trophy often have a lot to say about managers like me who've won lots of trophies so I'll leave it there but well yeah, done Rafa look, look Sam Allardyce compared to Rafa Benitez he's a bum you know <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to watch a Sam Allardyce team you know the, the Mackhams are desperate and, and he plays horrible ugly football and he suits them down to the ground to the ground they, they say he's a good fit I, I mean that's a terrible admission to make like your football club's a good fit for Sam Allardyce. <laughs> that's that's why you never. That's why he was never accepted at Newcastle. So the, the idea of comparing Sam Allardyce to Rafael Benitez is just a joke. You know, it's like comparing eating the McDonald's to eating at a Michelin star restaurant. You know, <laughs> I know um, which one I'd rather make. Exactly. Well, you know, Max Max are all right now and again, but I know which one's better. <laughs> you know, so. It's you just don't. It's just a joke, you know. The 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 bloke is, you know. I hear this thing about, oh well, who would you rather have in a relegation scrap? Benitez has never been in a relegation scrap. Well, there's a reason for that, and that's because he's good. You know, <laughs> yeah. being in relegation scraps isn't a positive thing on your CV. You know, it's like, well, I've won the Europe, I've won the Champions League, I've won the FA Cup, I've won the Super Cup, I've managed Valencia, I've ma- but bugger, I've never been in a relegation scrap. You know, it's, it's hardly something to talk about, is it? Want to be in relegation scraps? You know, leave that to the Mackins and the squalid uh, conduct of the club. You know, so. Just, just forget about uh, Allardyce, man. He, the man is a, is a, is a buffoon. He's an enemy of football. He plays horrible, ugly football, and he suits them down to the ground. Benitez has got class. He'll have us playing good football, and that's what, and that's what Newcastle United's about. Let's not compare ourselves to that mob down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, really well said there. <laughs> I've got nothing to pick you up on. 
Um, what's your thoughts on uh, on Leicester on Monday night, Mick? What do you think the impact on the immediate impact on the squad's going to be? Can we get anything with Vaffer in charge? Michael? Oh, sorry, you're asking me. Yeah. Um, I'm more interested in the performance and I'm more, I'm more interested in the atmosphere around the team and I'll be looking at players and how much effort they're putting in and how much graft they're putting in and how much they look like they want it. Um, you know, and I, I take what you say about, you know, the likes of John, Matt and Perez and others, you know, thinking about, oh, will I stay? Actually, I've got a question and answer there. Are they good enough for us? You know, are they, are they good enough to stay? Do we want them to stay? Because things can things are changing. And I, I remember when Keegan came back and we had we had some good players in that team that he inherited from our dealers, the likes of Kevin Brock and a few others. You know, and we're wondering when oh, one day they'll stay. They were history within about eight months. You know, those those players they were they were gone within a year. They weren't good enough. And that's what the likes of Williandum and Jan Matt and Perez etc. You've got to prove that they're actually good enough mm-hmm. for a Rafa Benitez team going forward, you know. They might struggle to stay in that team. They've got a they've got an all to play for because they've done nothing so far. You know, they they they've put in the odd decent performance. They've got to prove that they're good enough for us. Not that we're good enough for them and that's a massive game changer we're having this broken charge. Definitely. I mean I think just just as you say, I mean we'll, if if the players were with the salt um I mean they're all they're the likes talking about playing for Champions League and things like that. Players, players who play in the Champions League aren't in relegation battles year in, year out. And that's what our, our lads have been since they've been here. Um, it's all fine have, putting in a good performance every five games or whatever, but it, it's the consistency levels that, that, that you need to play at the top level. And I think I completely agree with you. It's hopefully going to be a kick up the backside for, for some of the players that have probably been coasting that maybe do show that they've got a top ability to, to play at the top level, but just don't show it consistently enough. I think Rafa's going to demand that out of them. He's going to be able to attract... Much much better players to the to the squad. We might actually get a squad um, where we're, we're back having players fighting for for the, the starting place, and that's that's only a good thing to come. Hopefully, it really does change everything, doesn't it? It just changes the whole ethos of the club. They've like. got performances in every week in order to stay at the club to convince the manager that they're good enough to stay at the football club, not to try and catch the eye of somebody in a different country or who's further up the table or at that precise moment. But so they can show that they can stay at Newcastle United. Are they good enough to be at Newcastle United? Now I look at Musa Sissoko, he's a smashing player, he's got the lot right, but he's he chucks it in too too often. Now he's got and he, he fancies a move here, there and everywhere. What he's got to prove, what he's got to demonstrate is is that he's good enough for Newcastle. Not good enough for somebody else, good enough to stay here. And at the moment he doesn't. He doesn't look like he's good enough. So he's playing for his future with Newcastle United, you know, and I just can't see a so-called elite club coming in and saying, we'll have you. Oh, I know you, you bottle it. I know, oh, I know you only play one <laughs> game at five. I know you've got sometimes the occasional touch of a hippo, but, you know, <laughs> come and join us at PSV or wherever, you know, um, PSG, I should say. So he's got to demonstrate that he's good enough. And right now he isn't demonstrating that. So he needs to up his game and prove he's good enough to be a Newcastle United player. Completely agree. Yeah, wholeheartedly. I think Dodds disagrees with him. I don't know if you want to quickly come in, Dodds. Or... No, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to put what Mister I agree with everything Michael says, and like just to echo that. When you're talking about players proving they're good enough to stay, that's just such a, a removal. Like as a fan base, to not have to worry constantly 
about your Johan Kabai or your Lord Remy or anyone that turns in a half-decent performance amid the mediocrity that has been the last eight years, leaving that, that's as, as, as well as obviously getting the manager. It's almost that hopeful, hopefully uh, the mindset of the club changing and being a proper football institution who wants to collect good players rather than sell them. So, yeah, it's just what a, what a day, lads, honestly. I'm, I'm so happy. I didn't think football could make you this happy. We're not even won a match yet. <laughs> and um, <laughs> if you look at what he did, like even the, everything that's happened today, just just seemed pro- proper. The fact that he he, ha- he 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 comes to the club, he signs the contract. No press, no preferred media partners like McLaren. No, you know, no smiles, no like no bullshit, no radio. Sorry, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> None of that straight to the training ground. Players on a day off, get them in. I want them for two hours today. I want them in Saturday and Sunday. It just it just it's just it's just a proper football man. It's a bloke who knows what he wants, who knows what he needs to do. Game on Monday, what are the players doing with the day off? You know, that that kind of mentality and it's you know, we're not gonna speak the press, we can do that later. If you look compare that to Steve McLaren and I, I, I have read uh, a couple of articles by local journalists who've made the point that McLaren, you know, two hours with your media partners, all smiles, top eight, all of this stuff and you need to straight down to business, which is again, incredibly encouraging. I think, and uh, I didn't really want to have to do this, but in a slight defence of McLaren, he probably didn't have the clout to tell whoever is making the decisions at the club, probably Lee Charnley, that he, that he didn't want to have to meet the press and he wanted to go straight to the training ground. I think Benitez has come in with such a reputation and such an aura compared to Lee Charnley, who is a former kit man of the reserve team. Uh, he could, if they've asked him to do that, he could easily just say, "No, I'm not doing that. I want to go. I want to go and get the players." Like it's, it's, I think it's different when someone like Benitez comes in to Steve McLaren. Who's just I, I honestly think that with, with presumably some Mike Ashley intervention, that they, they've been told, don't mess this guy about, don't do anything stupid like that, let him do what he wants to do. If he wants to go to the training ground, he goes to the training ground, he doesn't mess around with the mirror, he doesn't mess around with Simon Bird, he just does what he wants to do and gets this club out of the, the mess we're in. I think as well, I mean, you, you probably... Giving McLaren a bit too much credit there. I mean, I remind <laughs> you, he turned the job down twice, so he did have clout. We we were three like, times, three times, three, three, well, three times. Yeah, Charlie was begging him to come, so I think he could have de- he could have demanded what he wanted, but he was he was happy to do that. So I, I'm, I mean, I don't want to sort of go on about the bloke's history now, but um, I, I sort of disagree with it a little bit there. Fair enough. Uh, overall, my opinion on McLaren is just good riddance. I'm, just, I'm delighted he's out of our club. He never deserved to be here in the first place. Nobody ever wanted him. Nobody thought he was any good at any period of his reign. So, the Newcastle United as a football club is so much better off without Steve McLaren. It's just, it's just such a joyful day, isn't it? I don't even know what to say. It's just, just drawing a line under McLaren. It's just all about Rafa now, isn't it? I mean, as, as you say, the accolades the blokes won and. <laughs> Like I've I've got no doubt whatsoever that the the lads will put in a mm-hmm. decent performance on Monday night, um, and hopefully, this I mean we've, we've got some massive games coming up now, where beforehand I, I didn't think we had any hope. Whereas now there's actually genuine hope that he's he's going to get get performances out of the players, and we're actually going to turn up and and actually have a game plan for some of these games that are, are potentially going to be massive for us. Um, so I, I think this, it's just such a positive move. Like it as as everyone's saying, we're just absolutely buzzing that it's it, they've pulled it off. Yeah, I'll put you all on the spot quickly now. Um, one word answer: Are we going to stay up, Michael? Yes. Dodd? Absolutely. Ben? Definitely. Sai? Yes. I think so as well. What a great day! 
Has anyone got anything to add on? I, uh, on well, meters? I don't know, Michael, how long have I got you for? Uh, well, until the battery goes on my phone. I've got another <laughs> five minutes. Is that alright? Yeah, it's happening. I, um, Mickey, uh, I don't know whether you're going to talk about this later, but um, how do you how do you see the fact that Benitez has been made manager? Do you think that Graham Carr still has a, a role within the club? Because, you know, I wrote about this, I true faith this season. It was quite an unnerving article to write about his record and practically only the only positive thing you can say about Graham Carr which you can't, it's an argument that it's becoming harder and harder to make, is that he's good at finding players to sell on. I don't really see how that fits with anything that Benitez will want to do. So do you see the Benitez appointment as being the Graham car as well? Possibly, possibly not. I mean, it depends what his role is, you know. So, um, I mean, I think what the mistake has always been is, is that car just goes out and signs any players he fancies and sends them back to Newcastle, you know, and... The story I heard with Riviere last year was he turned up at the uh, training ground and Alan Podger didn't even know who he was and what position he played. So that's that's not a that's not a great thing. But what um, what you would what you would hope is is that they can work together and and what you can see is is that Benitez will say to Graham Carr, I really need a, 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 a fast left back or whichever, or I need an experienced centre half uh, and I need this and I need that. Uh, I need you to go out and find them for me and I need you to recommend them to me and tell me who your top five are let's have a look at them and uh, and then I'll come back and I'll tell um, whoever's the chief executive that I want to sign that player and go out and sort it that's what you hope that's what you hope will happen you know now I haven't got any confidence in Lee John I think he's the it was interesting that he had his photo taken with uh, Benitez today I don't know how much PR that was because had been rumoured that he'd been pushed to one side while um, some grown-ups did the deal, you know, and um, uh, so whether or not he, his days are numbered, but I would hope they are because what we need is somebody with some who is truly competent, has some gravitas in the game, and who can really make sure that we get the benefit of having a Rafa Benitez because if he's, you know, if he can attract the players, but John, he cannot do the deals or cannot do them quick enough. And um, we're wasting our time, really. So, he, he, for me, I think he's got a big question mark over his head. Because let's not be honest, let's not forget, um, it was Charnley who kind of almost present, presented himself to uh, uh, to McLaren so many times, and he was so desperate to get him. Um, so his credibility with uh, Ashley has probably plummeted. And likewise, Carl, you know. So the relationship has got to change. And I would say, I would hope, if they can keep car on that his, his job will now move from being a um, director of football to being a head a chief scout which is always what he should have been in my opinion yeah um, I picked up on the fact that it was um, that it was Lee Charney that presented him and he was in the photo because we've been hearing through Dodds that Charney wasn't really part of the deal so I think that is a, it, it's got to be a bit of a statement from the club that he's still He's still the man, doesn't he? He's it? still involved. There's yeah. no reason otherwise why he would be in the photo. It's a little bit worrying. Which is, is disappointing. Um, but as the chief executive of the club, he could probably still in position to make that happen. He's probably said, no, I'm being in the photo for, <laughs> his, own, for his own benefit, seriously. True. Mm-hmm. Um, but whether or not it makes a massive difference is is another question. I think if, in my opinion, if it's, it's going to be obvious if Benitez is bringing, like, bringing ideas and players for us to sign. 
And if Charlie's not getting it done, surely Ashley's got to look at it, or someone's got to be telling him, like he's not doing his job because yeah. he's rubbish and he's got no idea what he's doing. It, I mean, it is, it's such, it, is, it is such an important job. Just just quickly um, before we come back to that, um, I mean, you just look at Man U and, and they've obviously said we've bloke that's got the job there, and the hash he's made of of uh, rebuilding that club after Ferguson left. Uh, it just shows you what what a key. Um, sort of role it is and, and you can't imagine Benitez is going to stand for a second rate ch- chief exec I mean if, if he's if I mean obviously the, the chief executive is the one at the end of the day that's, that's sort of putting the deals together behind the behind the scenes if if he can't get them done and I mean he's been struggling to, to do it for a little while then you've, you've got to think that's going to be one of the first sort of things that um, Ashley look at at the end of the season so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there sorry was that uh, Dodgy were you going to come in there mate? I was just going to say Benitez just doesn't put up with rubbish like you look at Hicks and Gillette he was publicly critical of both of them even though that went sour in the end with, with him as well you look at uh, Florentino Perez at Real Madrid publicly saying you know criticised him um, he's, he's just not a man he's, he's not you know he's not going to come to the fans forum which is a farce he's not going to sit there like Steve McLaren at the fans forum while this charade goes on Um He's also been kind of very active with fan groups, especially at Liverpool. He's a huge supporter of the Justice for the 96 campaign, all the Hillsborough groups. He, he donated a lot of, of money, and obviously there's nothing like that in Newcastle. But uh, I also hope that the club's relationship with its fan base starts to on the basis of Benitez being there, because he's not, he's not going to sit there and defend being defensible like Pardew used to do. He's not going to sit there and say, oh, well, you know, we've got no money, we've signed no players, but but Mike's done a great job because he's just not interested in that because he's a football man and he's not desperate. So, just yeah, just kind of what you're saying there about Charlie's future and stuff like that. I think if Lee Charlie stays at the club, he'll have to operate in a vastly different manner to how he has done uh, with the previous managers because Benitez will just say what he thinks. He's not a, he's not a bloke to sit there and spin yarns or anything, just says how it is in, in press conferences and media because he's only interested in winning football matches. And let's face it, I, I think uh, Rafa's sway is going to be a lot more for uh, Ashley. The, f- the fact that they've, they've gone out of their way to get him, um, that they're not going to throw him on the pile too soon, are they? Well, then they're never going to sack him. Is that what? No, I'm just saying out of a power struggle between Lee Charnley and Rafa Benitez, there's only one winner. Yeah, there isn't. It's it's sort of turned the pyramid of of power at the club upside down, hasn't it? It's always been Charnley slash Ashley. Um, that are totally dominant over the manager and part of you had to defend the club like defend their actions now Benitez realistically is coming in and he's just going to he's almost like an all powerful <laughs> man isn't he in the job the, he can the, do the, what he wants the, the key point is what Do- what Dodgy just said he's not desperate <laughs> We had we had Pardew who was pretty desperate, and he finally got got a get out clause of Crystal Palace. Carver was ridiculously desperate. He would <laughs> he would do anything to 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 stay what he was doing. Um, Benitez, if anything goes sour, you'll, you'll just walk away, which is something we've got to be worried about because why well, change the habit of a lifetime? The way the clubs run, it just they're not going to suddenly realise how to do it. And that's why if Lee Charney stays around, there's always that worry that something goes wrong. At least for me. And you'd like to think that come the end of the season, hopefully we'll stay up, and then that's when Lee Charnley and Graham Carr, it's like, right, how I, let's just completely get rid of this lot and, and start building a proper football club. Stop bringing it down or on Rafa Day, man. <laughs> um, looking away from the way the clubs run more towards the team, what do we think Rafa is going to do differently? What's going to change well, between... Uh, hopefully, like like um, like Mike was saying before, if he comes up and says, right, we need a left-back, we need a quick left-back, here's, here's three, three or four that I'd like to look at 
they won't come back with Henry Saive. We need a centre forward. Here's Henry Saive. That sort of thing just won't happen. Benitez will get <laughs> proper players that we need to to make the team better. Agreed. I'm and more immediately as in the, for the run in this season, Michael. What do you think is going to change with Rafa? Team. I, I mean, I'm not so bothered about the personnel. I mean, that sounds that sounds a bit crackers, but um, I think more about that application, the concentration, and the work rate. Uh, I mean, we were all there on Saturday, and we all saw, uh, you know, what a disgraceful performance was. But wouldn't have been tolerated on a Sunday, and you know, uh, on any wreck pitch in uh, in the northeast, people would have been biffing each other. You know, if you'd seen players giving the ball away, not tracking back, not pressing, etc., etc. So it's not so much the personnel that I'm really looking at on Monday night; it's the change in attitude and it's the appetite, and it's the work rate. That's what I'm looking for on, on Monday on Monday night. The um, In terms of formations and tactics and, and all of that, it'll, you know, to be honest, let him get on with that. You know, he doesn't know himself what he's going to play like on, on Monday night, but for me, it's, it's, it's the pace, it's the tempo, it's how much the track, how much the press, how hard they are, you know, if they go, go down, go down, did their shoulders drop, or did they, or did they kind of rock, did they rally each other around and say, "Come on, let's get back into the." Michael, I think we've. Uh, that might be his battery. I think that's his battery gone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what a way to go out there. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I completely agree with him. I think the the biggest change, uh, even if you just get, discard the fact that it's Rafa Benitez, we're getting we're getting another manager. Just somebody that's not Steve McLaren, so sh- even just on that basis alone, the players are going to try harder because they're, they're just no argument about it. They just were not trying hard enough under McLaren. But these people now, people like Jan Martin, Tosoko, and all the rest of them, I don't want, I'm not blaming anyone in particular, have now got to look and think like, we've got one of the best managers in the world. He's taking charge of the team on Monday. I'm going to try harder than I ever have. Yeah, I mean, we, we've bemoaned for years the amount of times we come up against a team that's just got a new manager in and the performance level suddenly is raised for the game against Newcastle. Let's be that team for once. New manager syndrome. Let's do that to other people for a change. It doesn't work when you put John Carver in charge, but when you get a proper <laughs> manager, you get to have a new manager syndrome. You get, get to have that like immediate <laughs> lift. You, you get a new manager hangover when uh, John Carver <laughs> takes the job. I was going to say, hang on, sorry. We did get that draw against Burnley. One of John's best results. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, terrible day. Terrible we, day. We, really, when we haven't had that, have we, at all for years, no, no. years and years? Because our managerial appointments have been so shocking. <laughs> Bobby Robson, eight nil. Is that the last time you can think? Yeah, and that's how long ago did Bob Robson get appointed? Seventeen years. Nineteen years. Ninety-nine. Yeah. So since then, we've never had the bounce of getting a new, competent, actual, proper football manager in charge of the club. We've basically not had a manager since ninety, <laughs> since two thousand four. When <laughs> there will be since I mean, two thousand five. When we got Keegan, um, we, did, we did all right for a bit. Yeah, Keegan hadn't Glenn, watched a game of football for Glenn, about five Glenn, years. Glenn, Glenn Rudder turned her around a little bit. There's been a couple, <laughs> but generally for the last maybe four since Ashley, basically, it's literally scraping the barrel though when you're, <laughs> you're trying to put Lee. Uh, sorry, Lee. Glenn, Glenn Roder up <laughs> as uh, you, you sort of manage it to, to hang your, your, your hat on. Glenn Roder was only successful yeah. as caretaker manager as well when he was made actual manager. Yeah. He was rubbish. <laughs> Can I read out some tweets, lads? Yeah, please do. We've all been too excited. Yeah. 
to uh, cheers to Northern Charm who's uh, listening to us now. Um, and then Eamon, after Eamon74, said he just turned into the show to hear Mickey playing La Bamba. Um, and he, he reckons that's when he found out the news were happening. He does. So well done, Mickey. What a way for him to find out. That, he just found out um, tonight? Gordon Eamon tweeted, he's, 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 the, the tweet says, just turned into hear Mickey playing La Bamba. La Bamba. That's pretty, he's, he's not seen news. any. Way to hear it. He's not seen any news, but he's been on a TF radio show. That's brilliant. Yeah, hats <laughs> off to you, mate. That's class. Bring bringing you news, uh, breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris Brady's listening to work Hong Kong. Cheers, Chris. Um, Ryan Molly, controversial one, but do you think Charlie deserves some credit or somehow talking rapping into us? No, no, sure. no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Part, if you want to get, get a shout out on the radio show, we'll answer any questions you've got. Or play any, play any music. <laughs> <if you want. laughs> Spe- speaking of which, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm absolutely it. I don't know what's no going on. No sound. Well I'm, done, I'm, not, I'm not in the studio, so I don't know what's going to happen there. Like. <laughs> oh, I don't know why that's you, you got the exact same silence that every other listener got, Dogger. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Professional as always. Should I read you the Sam Allardyce quotes? Yes, please. Yes, please do. We've been going at it. We've been going at it on and off since 2010 when Liverpool won 4 0 against. He made this like, you know, it's like this like cross handed motion at the bottom towards one of his players, and Allardyce ridiculously came out and said that um, he was he was signalling the game was over, even though it was because it was 4 0. But he wasn't doing that because he's got a lot of class, Benitez. Um, this is what some others have to say. I'm not looking to do him any favours. He's got personal with me for many, many years now. That's why I don't like him. This is he said this to the television. That's why I don't like him. And the feeling is probably mutual. I don't get personal with him. I get under his skin. It's all part of my game. Benitez responded, Do you know who Sam Allardyce is? <laughs> do you know how many trophies he has won? Well, that's my answer. Get it? <laughs> 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 oh lad, I literally can't believe this is happening. I feel like everything's going to be different from today going forward. Everything. The last 10 years of absolute rubbish have been served week in, week out. It's gone. Just from one from one move. Yeah, we haven't kicked a football. <laughs> <Yet>. <laughs> But no, it's, it's true though. I've never felt so happy about Newcastle United in, in living memory. Yeah. I can't remember my childhood, obviously, but <laughs> I can't remember the last time I felt this buzzed about Newcastle. And it's not because we've had a good match. It's just because something's happened that, that should happen at a football club. I don't honestly think that we could have appointed anyone that I would have been happier with at any point than Benitez. He's a class manager. I mean, if you look at... Um, I can't pull it up because my phone's almost got no battery but the team that he managed to win the Champions League with with Liverpool was a was a, a farce the players that were in that <laughs> team Vladimir Smith uh, scored, yeah, scored it? like what then that, he's now our manager honestly I, w- I would rather have him than Mourinho I'd rather have him than anyone apart from maybe Guardiola which is just obviously never going to happen in a, in a billion years it's Could Benitez it? isn't it he's got loads of patter he's got a great beard he says things in quite funny ways I, I like the way he pronounces a lot of words <laughs> like club <laughs> rather than club <laughs> what <laughs> so, there's many more we'll, we'll all come to know and love them in the months and years ahead 
Um, I don't really have any more questions for you, to be honest. Does anyone have anything they'd like to bring up? I'd like to bring something up, please, if it's all right. I'll tell an anecdote. We'll call him, uh, what will we call him? Not then, Wendade, uh, last night, on the way back from a couple of drinks, talking about Leicester, doing Leicester away. You, you, you would also pilot lads, Mickey and Si. Yeah, I said on a good that I wasn't, wasn't but, coming. But this is especially reserved for um, Wembeys. Um, fancy it, mate? There's no way I can get the time off work. I've already tried to get it off for another reason. Me, work, not happening Monday. <laughs> Benitez has announced within like literally seconds. Lads, I've got Monday off work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's named up for Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's really important. And then, um, the way I'm just going to bounce them in. Before the game, it's like that 10 minutes before the game. What, what uh, Rafa Benitez songs are we going for? We're going for the Trident Test at Liverpool once. I, I, I love I think it's my favourite football song ever that's not by Newcastle. I love it. It's such a, like, a happy, jolly song, isn't it? The, the, one we, the one we've played at least four times tonight. <laughs> Oh, yeah. um, ben said, by the way, uh, as I came into the studio tonight, that as soon as he heard that McLaren was sacked, he immediately booked the afternoon off on Monday. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a good job that the last in charge is a season ticket holder. And I said, please, please, I want to go down to Leicester. And she, she granted it. I didn't think I had a chance in hell. She made she made dreams come true. So Ben booked his time off when he heard McLaren got sacked. I'm not at work on Monday. Sai hasn't got his time off work yet. Oh, it? it'll be fine. Um, Bolland, I don't even think, knows he's got his ticket yet, but he's coming. He doesn't know where uh, Rafa's, <laughs> Rafa's here. <laughs> well, we've got we've got one spare space in the taxi. The seven of us are going in an AC there. One spare space if anyone wants to come along. Yeah, get in touch. Might as well. That'll save, save us all the five or something. We need, we need space we'll for have, our, like, our soft drinks, though, don't we? We'll have like, good to reasonable patter. <laughs> we're all going to be buzzing it's yeah. actually going to be happy isn't it like we were, when we went down to Leicester the four of us were Everton you mean uh, Everton sorry yeah we were, we're trying to be in good spirits but in all honesty we weren't because we knew we were going to get beaten and McLaren was the manager but now we're going we're going further on a more inconvenient day at shorter notice and I think it's, I think it's just going to be class isn't it I can't wait oh, yeah. I can't wait yeah. so I was in good spirits Everton <laughs> yes I was <laughs> when, when he wasn't lost Lost? I don't remember being lost. You you walked past. You walked a good like ten minutes behind where, and then managed to walk past the car. We, we were in the car for half an hour waiting for you. No joke. Yeah, it wasn't just me. I was bowling as well. Yeah. Um. If anyone on Twitter is going on Monday night, get in touch. You don't have to come in the bus with us, but we could maybe meet you down there for a drink. I feel like I just want sing, sing some songs. I just want to bond with Newcastle fans now. I just feel so delighted. Yeah, it's it's been a, it's been difficult this season more than anything. You go at the match and you don't really like feel any attachment to the people around you. Everyone's just kicking off. Yeah. You get annoyed at all the comments you hear, and it's like that's not what going to the football should be about. Everyone should just be buzzing and jumping around together. That's why I go to football matches, and I can't wait to maybe start doing that again. This is gonna it's gonna restore what is what I'm sure it's the same for everyone else, but our normal match day of like getting like getting drunk and having fun and like shouting at people and stuff. It hasn't happened you know for what? ages because it's been so miserable that nobody nobody has any fun. We never have any fun at the match anymore, do yeah. we? Honestly. Well, I tried at Everton, but I've got nothing but grief since. <laughs> <laughs> if he keeps up, having a season set, it will mean something again. Yeah. Because it won't just be easy to get five games for 100 quid or something. And I'm not 
listen, it's good that people get to go to football for the national prices. That's good in itself, but the demand for tickets in James's Park isn't there anymore. It hasn't been there in, well, for a long, long time. I mean, season 2011-12, uh, we finished fifth. It was still like a mentally cheap half-season ticket price deal because the club are desperate to flog seats. Like, I remember being a 14, 15-year-old. The only way to get tickets for the big games in those days, when you're only looking 10 years ago here, 10, 12, 13 years ago, um, is, was to go and stand up like Sai doing you a favour when I bugged off school to go and get Monster Cup semi-final tickets. <laughs> Two and a half hours I had to queue up for, for them and, and uh, Green Street, his grandma and granddad used to go and keep doing the three-hour queues for <laughs> derby tickets and stuff like that. And that that's just what you want in Newcastle United is, is, is a million miles from that at the moment. The club basically begs people, begs people to take tickets and it's only mugs like us, us lost in my goal um, who are stupid enough or have been stupid enough to keep the season against home and you know there's that's what you want. You want you want James Park to be a, to be a place where it's a privilege to be inside. Where yes, it costs a lot of money, but it's you know it's something everyone looks forward to doing rather than every, rather than being something everyone does out of sense of duty or moral obligation. Or well, I've got nothing better to do on a Saturday, and I think that's what we as one man. Even if we stay up by the skin of our teeth, that will that will already happen next season. Season tickets will fill out. Yeah, I agree. A couple of days. It's just changing everything, isn't it? I think. Um I've got two questions for, well, two things I want to talk about and then we'll talk again about Benitez before the end of the show so that everyone signs off in a good mood. The two things I wanted to bring up with, number one, that disgusting performance at the weekend against Bournemouth because we haven't done a podcast we haven't talked about yet. Um, Dodds, I guess I'll come to you first, you can have your say on it and then the lads in the studio. Is that the worst you've seen? Performance-wise? Yeah. Um, it, it's up there. I mean, you don't want to talk too much about McLaren, but it was a it was a suicide note of a team selection um, playing with yeah, playing four four two. But um, it's it's Bournemouth are, are a really well drilled, uh, really hard working team. But I don't want to do them a disservice because they played some good football as well. Um, but but for Bournemouth capacity eleven thousand to come to one of the greatest football stadiums in the world and comfortably beat a Newcastle side desperate for points and packed with players comfortably paid more than all the Bournemouth squad was uh, humiliating and I actually you know me I, I don't leave matches early I was going to work afterwards so I had somewhere to be but I, I, I never ever leave a match early I left I left when we actually scored our, our, our goal because I, when the when the ball went in the first thought was I hope we didn't equalise because if we equalise he might stay in a job and that's that's not Something I want to experience again. Yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't go to the game. I watched it on um, a stream at work. Work was dead quiet, so I, I probably could have gone to the game if I wanted to. But um, so I got the TV perspective on it, and just the individual performances across the pitch. Apart from Shelby, who was who worked hard. He wasn't particularly effective, but he had no chance when nobody else was trying. But I, I think some ball like some ball for the goal. Unbelievable, wasn't it? Eight or nine of that team that were out there just didn't try at all to the to the level where you just you just don't expect to see that many players in a professional sports team of any variety putting that level of effort in. I just thought it was it was disgusting, and um, in my opinion, McLaren should have been sacked immediately after the game just for that performance alone, let alone all the rest of it. Um, well, I think he was. I think he was. 
in all but name, the realised straight after that game, I had to find another manager, and the, the hunt began. Then obviously he was sacked after the game, but you have to give them a little bit of credit. I know it's the easy thing to do. Say, e, the way they treat and Steve, it's an absolute disgrace. Like you know, they had to find a successor. They couldn't fuck him, and then realistically, there was three people like we're going to take the job. And the Brendan Rodgers never going to take it. David Moyes, Michael Pearson, who's already been sacked once by Ashley, so unlikely. So you're down to two, two people to, to take the job. So if, if one of them two people had said no, and you'd sacked, um, uh, what's his name, McLaren, you were you were basically looking at ringing John Carver. I was <laughs> just about to say, and no one wanted that. So <laughs> I could understand why why they don't want the people. I, I did. I do think that the, the decision was made like probably a half time in that game. Like, Right, he's done for you. Yeah, fair enough. Um, ben, anything to say now? Sorry. No. Oh, no, I don't really want to talk about her. I had some stuff to say, but like, I'd, I'd, let's just talk about Rafa Benitez and play La Bamba again. All right. <laughs> um, so you're, you're not interested in doing uh, one of the special podcasts that got planned, Steve McLaren, what went wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll save it for then. I mean, to be honest, two, two hours ago I was still expecting like some sort of gag like Gary Megson appointment. <laughs> thought process anymore McLaren's done for like brilliant <laughs> my second thing I wanted to briefly talk about and I would have liked to have done a bit more on this if it hadn't been Rafa Day which every day that, by the way this date of every year should be just known as Rafa Day from now on Agreed. Um, is the Premier League reducing this 30 quid maximum for away fans which is a good move but in my opinion not enough um, Newcastle credit to them as a club have led the way I think with this and offered people the 20, 20 quid reciprocal deal and that for me is a fair amount of charging away a fan who's travelling particularly for us but just as much for other teams coming up here travelling the length of the country apart from Sunderland fans they went up to 47 quid yeah well I don't care about that which is still wrong it is wrong isn't it, it is. Sunderland fans should not be playing that much it's, like, it's a disgrace no they, should, they shouldn't but I don't care about them so uh, <laughs> so we can discount them do you think is it a big step from the Premier League? Is it going to make a difference to away fans, realistically? Or should it have been more? Well, hopefully, because, I mean, games like Chelsea and, and um, Arsenal. Arsenal, you just, you know, it's, it's going to cost a lot to travel anyway. So when you look at the ticket price, like 55 quid, it's just like, well, well no, I'd, I'd, I'd rather not. It's, yeah. just, it's just stupid money. I personally have always said that I wouldn't bother with Arsenal because it's too much money. The ticket's too expensive to see us get beat. But for 30 quid... You know, if you can get yourself it, a cheap it? a cheap train or something. You, you, it's actually an option now. It should always be an option if you want to go and follow your team to do it. It shouldn't just be. It's literally not on the cards because it's a stupid amount of money. Yeah, the fact the frightening thing for me is that this is uh, this has all just come about in the same year as this massive TV deal. So it's almost like they're doing it because they've got so much money that they don't really care what what away fans are paying now as, when really there should always have been an affordable option to follow your team and clubs like Arsenal Chelsea Newcastle just as much as anyone else shouldn't be they should never have been allowed to charge such an extortionate amount of money for a ticket like, it's a working class game where fathers should be able to take their sons to the match and if it's 47 quid for a Sunderland fan and then whatever it is maybe 30 quid to take his kid to come up to Newcastle just, it's a farcical amount of money and it, sh- it shouldn't have been allowed it's um, it's a really positive thing. I mean, I think the I forget the exact thing, like two two hundred and seven pounds a season is what the average fan will save. 
in the farms of the top four club. And I think Newcastle came seventh in that list of farms who pay the most money. Um, not a big club than Newcastle. Um, I think you know some fans are, are getting on for saving a thousand pound a year, or nine hundred and sixty-three. I think was the top one. So that's that's a lot of money for someone who. And there are people who who go to all nineteen league games. And you have to give credit to the Football Supporters Federation who have been banging on about this not just for the past year or so, not just since the new TV deals come in, but but for a long time. But it's still just a little bit snide from the Premier League because I think someone worked out the the extra tenner that they're making because obviously the demand was 20 so they said right yeah we'll totally recognise what you're saying you're right but we're just going to we're just going to keep it far enough away from what's reasonable because we don't want to admit we were wrong <laughs> like that extra tenner will, that, that extra tenner will make equates to something like you know if every if, if every single away allocation so that which, which they don't at the moment they might change but they don't it's something like half a million quid or, or less than that that they're going to make it. A drop in the ocean, isn't it? Money. But it's like, you know, on Man United's turnover, um, Man United's turnover something like half a billion pounds. So it's like, it's it's just not, you know, it's like 1%. It's just not even, I don't even know if it's that. I mean, that's great, yeah, it's, but like, it's not that. <laughs> it's just a little, it's just a little, it's good, but it also reminds you what the Premier League's like. Just, they, could have, they could have done it to 20 quid and not actually noticed any difference at all, but they didn't. Yeah. That was kind of what I was leading to with my question. It's uh, it's 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 great that they've done it and it is going to make a difference, but it's not enough and it's not necessary for them not to have not to have reduced it to twenty quid. Um, yeah, we're running out of time. So, final thoughts on ridiculously without us having actually played a game of football, one of the best days I've had supporting Newcastle in a long, long time. Ben, I'll start with you. What's what's your override, overriding emotion? I'm just so excited. As I say, the, the second I heard, heard Rafa was here, I was I literally jumped out of my seat and ran over. It was like, can I get Monday off? <laughs> it's, I, I, and I don't do that normally. Like, just I'm absolutely buzzing for it. I, I was just grinning all afternoon. The afternoon flew over at work. It was just the best best day at work ever. Just because, obviously, I was texting you like I ran to me lot. I was texting you lot saying, come and get tickets still. Like, obviously, getting this, I wasn't sure whether we were getting one or not. Like find out we've got one, it's just absolutely buzzing. Like I can't wait. It's just going to be so much fun. Like on Monday night, and I've actually just got real excitement for the rest of the season because I, I mean, even if things like don't go great immediately, I just it's just the, the potential there that we've we've actually got a proper manager who's absolutely class. Like everyone, I think is going to be buzzing. Like the the crowd are going to get behind them. Like it's just going to be a much better atmosphere. Like just life's going to be better. Thank you, Rafa. <laughs> so I, I think yeah, Ben just summed up. Life is going to be better. That's it. <laughs> it really is. There's not much more we're going to add, really, is there, Dodds? Anything better than life is going to be better? Well, I, was, I couldn't possibly top that. I'll just <laughs> echo what I said earlier in the show. My, my overriding feeling is just confidence. Um, we'll stay up. Uh, we've got, even if we, you know, we could get beat at Leicester, Leicester are a very good team. We're the best team, probably. So, you know, losing the Leicester, if it doesn't go in and doesn't win his first game 3 0 fine a point would be a huge result and if like Michael said it's, it's the performance if you go to Leicester and get turned over for you know like we did last season it's not okay but as long as it's a, a performance full of players running themselves into the ground um, showing their quality when required then, then we'll be happy with that and we could take that into the massive games to follow against Sunderland and Norwich yeah um, so, but it's we'll have a football team again have a football club finally Right, thanks Ben, thanks Sai, thanks Dodds. We'll leave you with this. Happy Rafa Day, everybody.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.